Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of Hot Topics in Specialty Pharmacy, where we chat with practitioners and leaders to discuss topics relevant to the specialty pharmacy workforce, business, practice, and our profession. In this episode, we will be discussing specialty pharmacy accreditation and compliance, FTE position justification, specifically focusing on the many roles specialty pharmacy accreditation and compliance positions play in specialty pharmacy leadership and operations. In addition, we will provide examples of duties and responsibilities coordinated and or managed by these positions that necessitate advocacy for these roles. My name is Rebecca Yon, and I am the Director of Compliance, Quality, and Performance Improvement at Vanderbilt University Medical Center Specialty Pharmacy in Nashville, Tennessee. And I will be your host for today's episode. Joining me in this episode is Tara Kelly, Lisa Kumar, Kate Lewis, Chelsea Mayer, Christopher Miller, and Becky Nugent. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll let each of you introduce yourselves during the chat. We are excited to discuss the roles and responsibilities of specialty pharmacy accreditation and compliance positions, as well as ways to advocate for necessity of these positions within a specialty pharmacy organization. To start us off, can you describe your accreditation and compliance position roles and responsibilities and your journey to working in this role? Yeah, hi, Becky. My name is Lisa Kumar, and I'm going to be the first speaker today. As I mentioned, my name is Lisa Kumar, and I'm the Assistant Director of Accreditation and Residency at the University of Illinois Hospital and Health Sciences System. So I have been working here with our specialty pharmacy team for about nine years. Prior to that, I completed a PGY-1 community-based pharmacy residency in specialty pharmacy. So my first role within the specialty pharmacy team was a clinical pharmacist in our clinical care center. For the first couple of years in that role, my time was divided 50-50 between clinical responsibilities and admin work. The admin work was obviously accreditation and residency. So that blossomed into a new role that was titled the Accreditation and Residency Coordinator. I moved to that role in 2017, where 100% of my time was dedicated to managing our two accreditations, CRAC and ACHC, and serving as our residency program director. Our residency program started in 2016, I believe. And now, as I mentioned, I'm the Assistant Director of Accreditation and Residency. So my current duties include management of all aspects of URAC and ACHC accreditations. We're all familiar with that sort of stuff. So that includes policy and procedure development, workflow process creation, staff training, oversight of the reaccreditation process. And then I'm also the quality chair of our specialty pharmacy. So I lead all quality initiatives and meetings. And then lastly, I also continue to serve as the director of our PGY-1 Specialty Pharmacy Residency Program. Hey, my name is Kate Lewis, and I am the Specialty Pharmacy Supervisor at Freighter's Home Delivery and Specialty Pharmacy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've been with Freighter for 15 years. My current roles and responsibilities are managing the HR requirements for our 14 clinical patient management pharmacists, obtaining access to limited distribution drugs, assisting with clinical patient management, URAC and ACHC standards, onboarding our learners, which includes students and residents at Freighter's, as well as our clinical pharmacist. Freighter currently does not have a dedicated accreditation and compliance role. Freighter Health currently divides the clinical and operational accreditation and compliance responsibilities amongst our operations manager, specialty pharmacy manager, specialty pharmacy supervisor, and outcomes and research coordinator roles. We are responsible for maintaining our URAC and ACHC accreditations. We also meet every two months at our specialty pharmacy quality committee to review the new specialty medications, REMS requirements, safety events, quality improvement projects, and policies. 
And I am Chelsea Mayer. I currently serve as the Manager of Specialty Pharmacy Services at UofL Health in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm ultimately responsible for compliance with all URAC and ACHC standards. My responsibilities include being the Chair of the Quality Management Committee, ensuring policies and procedures comply with those standards, operationalizing all policies and procedures, and then guaranteeing consistency of services. Um, On my journey to this role, I actually have served in every outpatient pharmacist role available in our ambulatory pharmacy services. I first started as a retail staffing pharmacist, then a clinical pharmacist, um, splitting my time between the Hep C and GI clinics, and finally as a clinical pharmacist, splitting my time between those two clinics and staffing in the specialty pharmacy upon its opening in 2018. In March of 2020, I moved into the manager of specialty pharmacy services role and jumped into managing accreditations by applying for ACHC very shortly after. Hi, everyone. So my name is Chris Miller, and I'm the Manager of Pharmacy Compliance Services at Novant Health. So I've been with Novant for about 10 years now. And so prior to my current role, all of my background was in acute. So I was an acute care pharmacy resident, then a frontline team member, clinical, and then acute operations leadership. So my current position in my team, I think, is unique in general. So as the Manager of Pharmacy Compliance, I support a team of six, including myself, And so collectively, we are responsible for all compliance and regulatory for all of our pharmacy spaces throughout the whole health system. So that includes our acute care spaces for joint commission, any IV rooms for USP compliance. We also maintain all of our pharmacy and medication-related policies and procedures for the system, maintain our permits, licenses for controlled substances, as well as court of pharmacy. And then specific for specialty, we help oversee URAC and accreditation and ACHC readiness for our specialty spaces. And I actually do have one person on my team who is fully dedicated to specialty pharmacy accreditations. Hello, my name is Becky Nugent, and I am the clinical lead of operations for the specialty pharmacy at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. We are a pediatric specialty pharmacy and are dual accredited with URAC and ACHC. I've been at Nationwide Children's for five years, and I am responsible for accreditation and compliance, as well as supporting operations. Prior to joining Nationwide Children's, I did not have specialty pharmacy experience. I spent several years in retail pharmacy and held varying leadership positions. I started at Nationwide Children's in 2018, right after the specialty pharmacy achieved their initial URAC accreditation. I was originally hired on as a specialty staff pharmacist, while the manager of the specialty pharmacy worked on creating and justifying a clinical lead position to help with maintaining the URAC accreditation requirements. Within about nine months of my hire date, I took the newly created clinical lead of operations position. In this position, I'm responsible for the achievement and maintenance of specialty accreditations. This includes leading URAC and ACHC reaccreditations, measures reporting, policy review, business continuity testing, and personnel file maintenance. I also lead our organization's quarterly quality management committee. In addition to accreditation-related responsibilities, I oversee the specialty pharmacy call center day-to-day operations. This includes managing time off requests, creating technician and pharmacist schedules, and leading our specialty operations subcommittee where operational decisions are made, such as developing and standardizing workflows and updating our EHR build. Thank you, everyone, for that information. It's very interesting to see how everyone came along in their journeys. So let's talk about how some of your organizations justified the creation of an accreditation and compliance position and what, if any, metrics were included in the justification. I'll look to Tara now to help answer this question. 
Thanks, Becky. Hi, everyone. My name is Tara Kelly. I'm the Executive Director for Vanderbilt Specialty Pharmacy Services. I've been on the VSP team since 2014, and in my current role, I'm responsible for the oversight of our entire specialty operation, including both centralized and decentralized clinical operations, quality and compliance, trade relations, and health outcomes research. So as our services grew in volume, number of employees, and number of clinical areas we serviced, we really had to evaluate the amount of time that was being spent by our various team members on supporting the accreditation, quality, and compliance. We realized that the volume of work spread over multiple positions, including our clinical managers, directors, clinical pharmacists, and then often we were using overtime to support some of the projects and audits that came up. We realized we could support an FTE to really send centralize that work. We also step back and weighed the risk of not having a centralized oversight as our operations continue to grow. We had to discuss limitations on growth if the focus of our other leadership team roles continue to be pulled in many directions. Overall, we found that it really is more efficient to have a position that is responsible for oversight of all the necessary inputs that are required to achieve and maintain accreditation. And it also mitigates the risk of something falling through the cracks when you have several different team members trying to keep up with all the requirements on top of all their other responsibilities. When asking for dedicated positions, it's important to highlight that achieving and maintaining accreditation is mission critical to the specialty pharmacy business line. Most manufacturer and payer contracts require at least one accreditation to even be considered for network status. So highlighting the revenue and margin that could be at risk is often helpful in stressing the importance of dedicated positions. Chelsea, what are your experiences in this area? So in addition to what Tara mentioned about payer and manufacturer contracting requirements, I would say at UofL Health, our two largest drivers of justification for this position were the financial and service growth potential of moving some of my time as the manager from accreditation maintenance into pharmacy expansions, as well as the health system's focus on career development for pharmacists. Our specialty pharmacy, as it has expanded, we found that it was no longer really appropriate for me as a manager of specialty pharmacy to be solely responsible for maintaining accreditation and optimizing patient outcomes reportings while working to expand specialty services and integrate into more specialty clinics within our health system. The accreditation and outcomes position is actually a 0.8 FTE at our health system, and this pharmacist spends 16 hours per week focusing on accreditation and outcomes projects and 16 hours staffing in the specialty pharmacy. Including a staffing component in this pharmacist's time really helped with the financial justification of the position, but it will also help keep the pharmacist in touch with the operations and abilities of the pharmacy and pharmacists when updating policies and procedures. So after really discussing the other projects that I could be working on to expand the pharmacy and our services and demonstrating that we had a pharmacist on our team who was extremely well suited for managing our accreditations, our leadership was extremely supportive of creating this position. Chris, how was your experience in this area? Yeah, so I think this is a great question. My organization had a position for specialty accreditation and compliance prior to my tenure in this role, but I will share how we were able to justify expanding our team with additional resources. So I think the biggest thing is really showing the work that leads to the justification of the position. So a while ago, my leader had a very good conversation with me about what I would call invisible work. And I think a lot of what goes into maintaining accreditations can wind up being invisible as a lot of it is just making sure your ducks are in a row, you have all your documentation together. But I think it's important to share that work so senior leaders know what all is involved and how much work it really takes to maintain these accreditations. Specifically with specialty pharmacy, I think, you know, we've all been through desktop reviews and the documentation that's required for that. And I think that in and of itself can lead directly to dedicated positions with the requirements of that. So for these positions, what qualifications do you guys look for in a candidate for an accreditation and compliance position? Kate, how about you? 
All right, Frater currently does not have this coordinator position, but if we did, the qualifications would include specialty pharmacy accreditation experience, organizational skills, delegation abilities, and ability to meet the accreditation standards and proficiencies. The ideal candidate also needs to be a team player, hard worker, and have time management skills to meet the accreditation scheduled completion date. Becky, how about you guys? I agree with Kate. I would also say that a strong candidate demonstrates effective communication and collaboration skills. Accreditation requirements fall across various departments within the health system and collaboration is crucial. For example, this person may need to coordinate with human resources, IT, employee health, engineering, emergency preparedness, et cetera. And Tara, what about your thoughts? I think those are all really great points. I would add that when possible, there could be a benefit in recruiting internal candidates who are familiar with your internal processes, your workflows and procedures, even if they don't have a direct background in accreditation and compliance. I think it's really critical for the accreditation and compliance team to be familiar with operations. When you're reviewing external candidates, of course, a background in specialty pharmacy and experience with the various specialty pharmacy accrediting bodies would be critical. I do think it would be a long process to get someone up to speed with both your operations and accreditation requirements in specialty pharmacy. So I do think that experience in accreditation and compliance coming into a position is really critical for candidates. Okay. So each of you has a unique experience in accreditation and compliance role at your organization. How has your position evolved over time? And do you have any support staff assisting you? And if so, can you describe their roles? Chelsea, what are your thoughts? So as mentioned earlier, my very first role in the specialty pharmacy was staffing as a clinical pharmacist, and we did undergo a URAC accreditation for the first time during that time period. So during that time, I had helped write policies and procedures and then participated in the on-site URAC survey. I then moved into the specialty pharmacy manager role in March of 2020, and from then until March of 2023, I was completely the primary person responsible for obtaining ACHC accreditation and maintaining both URAC and ACHC accreditation. Since we have created this new position for a clinical coordinator in outcomes and accreditation just in March of 2023, I have maintained all human resource, budget, and operational aspects of accreditation, while the coordinator is responsible for standards such as patient management, measures tracking, and policy compliance. We are collaborating for ACHC reaccreditation this fall, and I'm really looking forward to having a second person interpret standards alongside of me so that we can ensure compliance and improve upon current practices going into that accreditation cycle. Tara, what are your thoughts? We actually started out with one position, which was at the time a program director and now has evolved into a director level position. And that position was solely focused on accreditation and compliance. And as we obtained additional accreditations and designations, and as our business grew, we were able to justify the addition of a pharmacy technician compliance coordinator position who supports the program director, now the director. And as our portfolio of specialty medications with associated REMS programs has increased, we've also been able to add a clinical pharmacist position who focuses specifically on the REMS program compliance. And all of these additional positions back each other up and serve as bench strength for our program. Chris, how do you guys handle it at Novant? Yeah, I would say if anything, my role has expanded over time. And so when our team was only four, I had the responsibility for specialty accreditations, as well as maintaining all of the pharmacy and medication related policies and procedures for the whole health system. So as you can see, that covers a lot. So over time, as our specialty pharmacies and our health system in general has grown, we've been able to add two new FTE positions to my team, and I was able to move into the manager role. 
So in my current role, I still have primary responsibility for our policy and procedure library. However, with support of the full pharmacy compliance team. So on that team, we have one pharmacist, FTE, that's dedicated fully to specialty pharmacy accreditation maintenance. We have two pharmacist FTEs dedicated to all things compounding, IV room, USP. And then there's one pharmacy technician FTE that's also dedicated to USP and compounding. And then I have one additional pharmacy technician FTE that does all of our licensing for all of our pharmacy spaces. So controlled substance licenses for DEA, DHHS, and then the state boards of pharmacy as well. Becky, what are your thoughts? At Nationwide Children's Hospital, the clinical lead of operations position was created shortly after we achieved our first specialty accreditation. At first, the role was not clearly defined, and it took some time to figure out what was needed to support accreditation, compliance, and operations for our specialty pharmacy. At first, I spent 50% of my time on accreditation-related responsibilities and 50% of my time staffing the call center. But since then, our operational needs have really increased, and we now have two accreditations to maintain. But this time, I only staff in the specialty call center periodically, which is either to help support the team or to stay up to date with operations and clinical knowledge. And for us, we do not currently have dedicated support staff for accreditation and compliance, but we do assign tasks to members of our quality management committee. So for example, we have two technicians on our committee, and those technicians are responsible for conducting our test shipments. Lisa, what is your experience? Yeah, hi. So here at the University of Illinois Chicago, we follow a very similar story to what my colleagues just presented. So overall, this position has really, really grown over time since it was initially created, all the way back in 2014 when I was hired. So just like the others mentioned, in 2014, this position started as a joint position with clinical responsibilities as well as admin responsibilities. In 2017, it was moved up to a coordinator position where 100% of my time was doing admin work, specifically accreditation and, of course, residency. And then recently, so this year, it was reassigned to a director or assistant director level position to accommodate for the increased responsibilities and the growth of our team. In the support staff, I currently don't have any direct support staff reporting to me. I think that's hopefully something that's in the works with the promotion of the position. But our health system does work closely. We're affiliated with our UIC College of Pharmacy. So I'm really excited. This upcoming academic year, I have a student who signed up for independent study credit with me. So she's going to be working on all of our quality initiatives and metrics. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Chelsea, Tara, Lisa, Becky, Kate, and Chris for joining me today to discuss their roles and responsibilities in managing specialty pharmacy compliance and accreditations at their organizations. If you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's online resources for specialty pharmacy practitioners at ashp.org. You can find member exclusive offerings such as the Specialty Pharmacy Resource Center, which includes examples of best practices, business development resources, and more. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Hot Topics in Specialty Pharmacy. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.